Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what's up? We welcome you into the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. James Coe here with you. Joined alongside by the Whisket from Wisconsin. He has returned. I'm oh, back. Welcome back. He has Return. I'm no longer in the jury box. It is Alex Gellar. <laughs> I, I feel as if Matt Franchise has been on this podcast more often than you. Possibly. Over the last I was uh, I was gone for legitimately a calendar month. That's the first crazy, day I reported man. for jury duty <laughs> was God. March 1st, and the last day of the trial I was serving on was April 2nd. Unreal. Yeah. Unreal. It was man. lengthy. Is but it, feel, it was uh, – Feel it was, good to be back? Yeah. It, it feels great to be back now. Um, I'm behind on everything of at course. work. Um, but it was also a rewarding experience, I will say. You know, serving on a jury is a pretty cool part of right. the uh, the American democratic system we have here, and uh, it's somewhat unique in the world. A lot of other places have professional jurors and situations like that, so it's pretty cool that you know, in the the whole process, you're always uh, it's a trial by uh, your peers. And, and I like and that. I feel happy not only because you're back on the podcast, but also you've you've returned with the Get a Life shirt. Get a Life shirt. The Get, get a Life shirt <laughs> franchise. I figured Let's for go. my. Uh, triumphant return I'd, I'd, I'd throw it back to this all right we'll throw it on the ig a little later <laughs> as well uh we got mg my guy marcus grant in the building what's going on man what's going on man how uh, you doing it's good baseball's back baseball's back it's, it's back baby um yeah i uh I, I was at dodger stadium on opening day saw a little dodger on dodger violence <laughs> okay. um that was interesting yeah but, uh, otherwise it's a good day but baseball's good. back it's cool like, this is the time of year where i can sit at my desk and i'm working and you know maybe i'm watching tape but also on the side like a ball game on. Oh, sure. That's pretty good. You've got the NL represented, and of course, Adam Rank over there has the uh, the AL West represented at all times on his television screen. That's right. Well. So there you go. That's right. Uh, we've got the entire West Coast covered up in baseball. Uh, we've got producer Christina here What's as up? well. What's up? How you doing? I'm good. How are you yeah. guys? Chilling? I'm chilling. How was your week? Uh, it was good. It was okay. good. I went away for the weekend. Oh. Yeah, I went to Big Bear. Oh, you were on that. I saw. Oh, I, I just saw, saw yeah. some pictures. I, I saw some of the, uh, some of the IG photos. Okay. Yes, yes, it looks was like, fun. Looks like Sully had himself a really good time. <laughs> Sean Sullivan always has himself a good time. If anybody, had, if anybody had a great time, Sully had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> That's true for any event that Sean Sullivan attends. <laughs> that is awesome. What you guys do? Rent a cabin or something? Yeah. 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 We. There's uh, no snow on the ground up there, is there? Not really. Yeah. No. Okay. 
No, it was actually it was pretty warm. It was like mid sixties all weekend. Oh wow, it's nice. So yeah, it was really nice. I'm Did actually you? doing that this weekend. Uh, Are you? A buddy's oh, bachelor cool. party. All he wanted to do, we're going to Arrowhead though. All he wanted to do was like just have a low right key there. event, like not do Vegas, nothing crazy. So we got a cabin. a cabin. We're gonna go up there. You know, have have some drinks, go out for a nice dinner on yeah. Saturday. Breathe in that mountain air. Exactly. Get out of oh, L.A. Yeah. for a little bit. It'll be nice. Let's go. Uh, great show in front of us here today. Uh, we've got a lot of headlines, obviously, but we're also going to be chatting with uh, Steve Clarkson, a noted quarterbacks coach. He's worked with uh, guys like Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Barkley, Jake Locker, Brett Hundley, to name a few. Um, did I mention uh, – did I mention Big Ben? Oh, yes, I did. Uh, you Big, did. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, a number of guys, and obviously he he's located here in Southern California and um, has worked with so many uh, Southern California quarterbacks, but uh, has also worked with uh, other notable quarterbacks from around the nation as well. We're going to be chatting with him. He'll give us his thoughts on Josh Rosen, uh, Darnold, Lamar Jackson as well, and I promise you he's got a very interesting story does Steve Clarkson a personal story for him as well we'll probably dive into that as well we'll close out your show with a round of daily daps but we shall start your show as we always do with your top fantasy headlines oh my god the news we really do have breaking news hey did you guys know that the Eagles the Patriots are playing in the Super Bowl that is breaking news breaking news (laughs) news I just realized, Alex Gelhar, this is is this the first time you've heard the new drops? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I didn't listen to a single podcast. I was <laughs> uh, and I saw you point, and I was like, we have drops finally. Hey, Hooray. we got drops. So that's exciting. Yeah, it is. Well uh, done. I yeah. like that. Yeah, you, you lead it off every time. I do. And Matt Franchise still lives on. He does. In the Forever in our hearts <laughs> and in that drop. <laughs> as well, so it's good. All right, let's start with, oh, my goodness, the Rams. I mean, just unbelievable. Last week it was the signing of Indomitian Sue to pair with Aaron Donald. This week they traded for speedy wide receiver Brandon Cooks. They sent New England their first round 23rd overall pick this year. New England also got a six-round pick. L.A. got Cooks in a fourth. Um, i, I got to be honest with you, man. This is the kind of move you see teams make with veteran quarterbacks or veteran team. That is going for it. They are going for it with a 23-year-old quarterback in Jared Goff. I don't know if we've ever seen this before. I mean, yeah, it's a little different without all the pieces they've they've traded for, but it does kind of make sense. You know, teams, when you have a, a quarterback on his rookie deal, you have a limited window mm-hmm. to use the rest of your salary cap to add other players. Some teams have gotten lucky in that window, like the Seahawks, where they had drafted a lot of those really, really great players. But with the Rams, you know, you look at the rest of their the makeup of their team, they're probably going to resign. Uh, they got to resign Donald. He's going to be a big cap hit. Right. Gurley's going to be coming off his rookie deal soon. Goff, yep. this is his third year, so he's only got two more years on it. Kind of makes sense to just gotta go, go, for go, for, go for broke right now. Because That's afterwards, right. otherwise, you're going to have to fork over a bunch of money for Goff, and then Gurley's going to need to get extended, and then all that cap space evaporates. So yep. I think it's a cool move. Like I think, I it's, think a, it's so smart. It's an awesome acknowledgement of where they are right now. Right. They got to the playoffs last year. Goff is not you know top tier, but he's going to have another year in McVay's system. He showed sure. some stuff last year, and I think it's pretty cool. It's exciting. Well, I mean, and I think we saw last year that the fact that Blake Bortles got to the AFC Championship game. I mean, you don't – yes, it's great to have a Rodgers, Brady, <laughs> you know, whatever kind of quarterback, but obviously – if you have all the other pieces in place, it's not quite as necessary. And I do think they feel like what they saw from from Jared Goff last year gives them reason to feel confident to go for it. And, you know, if for whatever reason it doesn't work out this year, they will still have some of that money to go out and sign other guys. I mean, right. you mean, know, Alex mentioned, you know, Gurley and Don and Donald and, you know, guys like Sue are in the end of their deal, Tlaib. And, and so 
they've got opportunities. So it's going to be interesting. I will say that you know, I, I worry from a fantasy standpoint about how this works with Cooks and Cooper Cup and Robert Woods okay. and what they do with the tight ends and Todd Gurley. Like, All right, so let's start there. A lot of <clears throat> let's start there from a fantasy perspective. Uh, I know we've been talking a lot of real football uh, as of late, but I, it is a fantasy podcast. Let's start there with Brandon Cooks. Okay, so now he's with Sean McVay. Uh, he's got Jared Goff as quarterback, obviously a, a downgrade for him from Tom Brady. But give me some projections, early projections maybe here for Brandon Cooks. What are we thinking here? Because, again, if he's filling that Sammy Watkins role, Sammy Watkins had, I don't know, what, uh, 700 yards and eight Ooh, touchdowns? I don't think he didn't even hit 600. Yard. Yeah, he was so under 600 yards. 600-some-odd yards, 656 or something like that, um, and, and eight touchdowns. Um, is that a baseline? I mean, maybe – more yardage, less touchdowns for Brandon Cooks? I mean, what do we think? I definitely think more yardage. I mean, I, I think Cooks can get to or at least close to 1,000 yards this year. Um, and actually, I don't, I don't know that eight touchdowns is, is unreasonable for, okay. for Brandon Cooks in that offense. I'm, I'm concerned fantasy-wise. This is a great move football-wise. But yeah. Cooks, uh, only Brandon Cooks and Antonio Brown, I think, are the two players in the NFL over the last three years to go for 1,000 yards and seven touchdowns in each season. Okay. However, However – uh, you look at this Rams offense and Sean McVay's history dating back to even when he was the guy in Washington, they spread that ball around so much. And it's all about creating mismatches and creating opportunities. It does yeah. not funnel into any one guy. Sure, sure. Uh, Cooks has, has had over 100 targets in each of these last couple of years, and he might have a hard time pushing that in this offense, especially if he's that deep, seam-stretching guy uh, that Sammy Watkins was to take the top off the defense. I mean, we saw Woods do that a little bit, but you know Cup's going to get his as a possession receiver. Gurley's going to be there. Um, it's just it 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 concerns me a lot for his outlook. Like all of these guys, I just I was actually just working on my top two hundred before okay. we came up here. I uh, want to get one out pre-draft, and I had to slide. I slid down Woods, Cooks, and Cup just because they're a great great trio. But it's hard to see any of them getting any sort of consistent volume on a weekly basis in fantasy to like rely upon them. I like the fact they made this trade before OTAs and training camp. I mean, they're they're going to give Brandon Cooks the full opportunity. Unlike Sammy Watkins, because remember he just—I mean—he he just was dropped in, you know, practically, you know, right before the season started. You know what I mean? So he didn't really have an opportunity uh, to understand the playbook and build that chemistry with Jared Goff. So I, I like the fact that they got it done early. Okay, now as we've seen with a lot of different, you know, places where they have a lot of different weapons, and maybe you're a little hesitant to, to pick up that weapon, the quarterback generally benefits. Does Jared Goff benefit? I think it a little bit, but uh, the great Rich Rebar over at Roto World was throwing a bit of cold water on uh, the Goff breakout as well with this extra weapon. Okay. Um, he said Goff had, because he points out a bunch of good stats, Goff had six touchdown receptions. Uh, his RBs had six touchdown receptions last year. Yeah. Um, he totaled eight passing touchdowns on throws behind the line of scrimmage. Those are those are huge TD boosters, and on top of that, yeah, we were just talking about a second ago with them going for broke. They added so many pieces on defense. Yep, a right. much better defense could, uh, you know, lead to some regression in their scoring opportunities because they don't need to put up as many points. Interesting. They're not in as many barn burners. They're just controlling the clock more. I think like Goff is certainly a guy to throw a late round dart at, but I don't know that I'm going to be like all in on him as my late round quarterback option. No, I think I think he remains kind of a he's a stream he's a streaming quarterback. Yes. He's a situational guy depending on the matchup and on that week. Um you know, I, they they obviously did some very good things with him and, and made him more confident, but I don't know that all of a sudden, you know, he's going to turn into, you know, I don't know, Kirk Cousins or anything like that and start slinging the ball all over the lot. So, 
you know, twenty-eight and seven last year, twenty-eight touchdowns, seven interceptions. Yeah. That's 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 a good ratio. Um, maybe that touchdown number goes up a little bit, or maybe it comes down. Maybe, maybe it, it evens down. out to like a twenty-five, which is which is still solid. It's but fine. in fantasy, it's not what you're excited about. And I just wanted to pull it up for reference. Right. Here's how split up their passing attack was last year. Cooper Cup led the team with ninety-four targets. Then it was wow. Gurley with 87, Woods with 85, Gurley. Watkins with 70. <laughs> yeah, Gurley the second most targeted. Oh, okay. But, I mean, you figure it's probably going to be something <laughs> close to a four-way split again. Maybe okay. Cooks is in that 90 range. But, again, yeah. what are you going to drop in draft capital for a 90-target receiver in a right. spread-it-out offense with a great defense? You know what? You're right. Uh, Jared Goff last year just uh, adding the yardage to the 28-7. and 3,800 uh, yards, uh, passing yards for Jared Goff, 100 quarterback rating, which is pretty damn good. Uh, for a kid, a kid that was, uh, you know, 23 years old. Uh, just getting into the Rams schedule very quickly here. Um, I think the I think the NFC West is going to be extremely soft uh, coming into 2018, which is not what something you would expect to say. Hey, put some put some spec on his 49ers <laughs> name over there. I think the four, look. I'm just saying defensively. I mean, you look at the Seahawks. Obviously, they've been decimated. Um, the Arizona Cardinals, not the same team. The San Francisco 49ers were a mess defensively last year. And, and while I think they'll be a better real-life football team, I think defensively I still think um, they will be relatively middle of the pack. Uh, they still have a long way to go defensively. Let's just put it that way. All right, that being said, um, you kind of take a look. All, all of those games are kind of packed into the back half of the schedule, okay, because early on, um, it's going to be the Cardinals, the Packers, the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Vikings, the Eagles. Eh, th- those are a lot of uh, tough defenses there. Um, you know, if, if you're thinking about the Chargers being a good defense, the Vikings being a good defense, the Eagles obviously got a great defense as well. So, um, you know, there will be spots, uh, as you guys mentioned, to, to maybe possibly stream Jared Goff. But if you're drafting him to be your every week starter for the first half of the, the I, fantasy season. I wouldn't season. advise that. Yeah, it doesn't sound advisable uh, as of yet. But, again, he's one of those guys where, again, if you're, you know, reserving a bench spot for a quarterback, why not? All right. Uh, by trading Cooks and getting a first-round pick back, speculation began ramping up that the Patriots could make a run at Odell Beckham Junior. One, no. <laughs> we were let, let me lay it out, though, all right? The Patriots got, in this upcoming draft, they've got two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and a third-round pick, in in addition to, you know, a couple sixth and seventh-round picks as well. That's a lot of draft capital, man. It is a lot of draft capital, but, you know, I, I remember that seeing that rumor pop up, yeah. and, you know, we all grumbled about the potential of the Patriots of all teams getting Odell Beckham. And Tom Brady, Odell, but then, you know, what? Come on, There were a lot of, rep- lot of reports that started throwing cold water on it yeah, and suggesting instead yes. that maybe they are, they're looking at Tom Brady's potential replacement. That would be, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, look, it's been interesting. You know, I mean, look, so they can take those two picks and maybe trade them potentially for Odell Beckham, or they can package some things and try to move up in the draft if there's one of these quarterbacks that they really love. If they love a, a Josh Rosen or whomever else that they think they can mold and, and put in after Tom Brady is finally gone, that to me seems a little more realistic. They've also never been a team that's needed 
a crazy wide receiver like that. You know, the one time they did get that guy was Randy Moss. They, well, they went sixteen. They went to the Super Bowl and then and then lost to Eli Manning. <laughs> I mean, that's. I mean, yeah, but, but also, they went sixteen and zero. They did, but like, mean, they don't need to waste all that draft capital on not waste. That's a, the wrong way to put it because any trading for Odell Beckham's a great move for any any team, uh, in my honest opinion. However, they have Julian Edelman coming back. They have Chris Hogan. They have Malcolm Mitchell still. I mean, Brandon Cooks, who they flipped the first four last year and then got a higher first round this year for him, yeah. uh, went out in that Super Bowl. You know, he got concussed and they still almost won. So I don't think they're. I don't think this is a move for them to go get Odell Beckham. I think, as Marcus said, the reporters pointed out, it makes much more sense, especially for them having traded away Jake Brisket, having traded away Jimmy Garoppolo. Sure. Uh, all they have is Brian Hoyer behind Tom Brady right now. But Tom Brady. We, That's like an 80-year-old quarterback room. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to go get a younger guy. Okay. Now, I think the counterargument to that, though, would be clearly this is a Patriots team that is not thinking about the future because why would you trade away Jimmy G for a second-round pick if you weren't loading up to try to win a couple more Super Bowls right now? Tom Brady, as you mentioned, is going to be 41 when the year starts. Um, and yes, if you're thinking about longevity for the franchise, yeah, sure, you go get that quarterback. But I think in trading away Jimmy G, I think they've that that ship has sailed. You got to remember that. You got to remember the deals though. Jimmy G was at the end of his rookie deal. If they were going to try and keep him, they were going to have to fork over a lot of money for a backup or get rid of Tom Brady. This way, they keep their championship window open by still having Brady for. God knows how long he's going to play, you know, 45, been, 50, he's, 60. Yeah, he's been uh, father time. That's what I've been told. Yeah, you know, father time is undefeated. It's well, the, it's he, the, no, no, it's 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 undefeated in one because Tom Brady's beaten him. It, for now. It's, it's in round 15, 16. We'll see uh, when father time <laughs> comes roaring back. But anyways, like, it was just the, it was the timing of the deals. Like, Jimmy G's deal expiring meant they basically had to trade him and get as much as they could or just lose him and, like, get a – fourth round compensatory pick. I will say one other reason that I don't think this happens okay. for Odell is yes. this is the last year of his deal. He's a free agent. Yeah. They they're not understand. they're not going to give up that kind of draft capital cuz we know that the Patriots aren't going to turn around and pay a guy like Odell whatever market value. They'd have to make him the highest paid receiver in the right. league. They're not they're not going to do that. We just know that that's not how they operate. Okay. So to give up two first round draft picks for a guy that you're going to have for one year, I, I just don't see any way they do that. Hey, listen. Can I can I, can a man just dream? No, we don't go. No. no, we're not dreaming about this, James. We're not. Also, fantasy about wise, it would I'm not, be. I'm not. It would be annoying too. Fantasy I'm not wise, Tamposi, I'm just saying. I mean, I, 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 I wouldn't mind seeing Odell team up with the, Brady in the, wrecking shop. I wouldn't dream, mind. The dream would have been to have him come to Los Angeles and join the Rams. Yes. And then it would spawn my idea of a reality show. Okay. Where Odell Beckham Jr. OPJ. Yasiel Puig. Yasiel Puig, your friend. And 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 Zlatan Ibrahimovic. <laughs> oh my God. Just travel around and crash house parties <laughs> in L.A. And just show up at people's houses, and we just see what sort of comedy ensues. <clears throat> that would be amazing. Most, that'd be the most lit show ever. Right. Ever. <laughs> the the amount of ego on that show would be out of control between out the three of them. Of. Bad. I mean, we'll get to it in daily taps, but Zlatan took out a full page ad when the Galaxy signed him in the L.A. Times. That just said Los Angeles. You're, you're welcome. welcome. Signed, Slotten Ibrahimovic. Uh, I love it, man. But anyways, I think we don't shouldn't want it to happen for fantasy purposes because Beckham right now, if he stays in New York, will still be great. If he gets traded to another team, could be great. And we have the opportunity, you know, assuming Gronk stays put or whatever, for the yeah. Patriots to have a nice, pretty concentrated passing attack with Hogan, who don't forget, um, was on a pretty good stretch there for a while with like sixty 
plus yards and a touchdown in like four or five straight games. I mean, all these guys. I mean, Hogan, look, Edelman, and Gronk. It'll be it'll be a solid trio for the, Brady. Those wide receivers you mentioned. Those guys. They're just guys. Uh, and and I get it. The, the, the Patriots have gotten by with just playing guys. Don't you don't you disrespect Seven Eleven like that? <laughs> He's always open, James. <laughs> just a guy went for like 128 and a touchdown in the Super Bowl with Tom Brady in, in, in great game plan. I, look, he's just a guy, man. Yeah, but he, just a guy is in the Patriots offense do wonders for fantasy. I, I, again, I, again, the the system they got there in New England unbelievable because <laughs> they could take these guys and. Turn him into you know viable I mean, NFL ultimate Jag Jonas Gray had 200 yards and oh. four you know touchdowns or whatever. That's what I'm saying, Man. Jonas Gray. But yeah, that, in that offense, yeah. Jags can overperform. And yes, I think you're yeah dis, you're disrespecting Edelman and Hogan a bit there. All right, okay, we'll move on. Uh, Jordan Reed is hurt already. <laughs> so wow. Sad. He's going to miss OTAs because he's having a quote-unquote procedure done on his toe, something that has bothered him all of last year. Um, I love that they call it a procedure, by the way. It's surgery. Okay. Proce- procedure sounds so much nicer. <laughs> it sounds so much nicer, Minor procedure. Minor procedure. No, he was chopped open. <laughs> no, no, no. That you, you, you're getting surgery on the toe. No, I'm getting a procedure, but it's a surgery. It's a procedure. Okay. All right, it's a surgery. He's having toe surgery, folks. Um, it might be minor, okay? But minor surgery is what minor happens surgery. to other people. Okay. <laughs> That's right, what happens to you. It's not minor, <laughs> not it happens minor. to you. Uh, <laughs> but yes. This, um, ra- I want to raise this question because as I was looking at my top 200, I've been yeah. being you know, confronted with a lot of fantasy conundrums for this coming Please year. Please don't put Jordan Reed. No, 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 no. What do we make of the Washington passing attack? Because it has yeah. changed so, so dramatically. Much. I mean, yeah, Jordan Reed... Always a question mark with his injuries. But now Alex Smith is in there. What does that mean for Jamison Crowder? Is Josh Doxson ever going to fully ascend to his talent potential? They also went and got Paul Richardson. Yeah. So, like, I was looking at all three of those guys, and I'm like, man, I like each of these wide receivers. But in this offense with Alex Smith under center, I wasn't quite sure I, where to slide everybody. I think it has the it has the sneaky potential to be good, or it could just be like a, wow, what's going on here sort of thing. Like, it, it could. But, like, individually – I like all those guys. I like Jamison Crowder. I like what Josh Doxson can be. I like what Paul Richardson can be. We know what Jordan Reed is when he's healthy. Like, these are all pieces that if, if they stay healthy and if they perform up to expectations, yeah, this could be a sneaky good passing game. But, you know, if Reed stays hurt, yeah. if Doxson continues to underperform, if Paul Richardson doesn't develop the way we think, then suddenly this, this looks like a train wreck waiting to happen. The, the thing I like about the addition of Paul Richardson especially is the fact that he provides more speed on the outside, right? Mm-hmm. So now you've got two guys with decent speed um, on the outside and Paul Richardson. And two and guys outside. that can go up and get it too. Yeah. Like, oh, for sure. Doxson I mean, and, and Richardson, yeah. Richardson didn't know how to catch a normal pass last year. Like, <laughs> he had to be jumping over somebody, falling down, right. yeah, one-handed, behind the back. That's exactly right. Both these guys are great contested catch guys. Guys, um, and then you've got a pretty reliable underneath guy uh, in Crowder as well. So uh, the the table is set certainly for Alex Smith, who has been a pretty accurate quarterback, who has been uh, able to read defenses and get to the open guy. He's been a quarterback that's enabled to boy a couple of uh, like decent fantasy options. You know, you look back; he had Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill the last couple of years. Right. He uh, helped prop up Dwayne Bow in the past, and uh, guys in uh, in San Francisco with Vernon Davis and Crabtree, Crabtree for a while. So, you know, it's not like who's I mean, the tight end here. Uh, I mean, Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed. Because Niles Paul went somewhere else, right? Um, they also have what's his name? It's escaping me. Um, 
They still have, Logan Paulson's not there anymore. I think I Logan we'll Paulson have to look it up, but too. But I, I'd be interested in Niles Paul's in Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd be interested in the Washington tight end not named Jordan Reed. It could be a case where maybe they maybe he doesn't funnel as much to the tight end. Um, if he's, Jordan, but Reed he's isn't done there. it his whole career. He has. He has his whole career. Is Vern- Alex Smith. I'm talking about. Oh, it's Vernon oh, Davis. Davis is still there, oh right? Oh, my God. Vernon They're reunited. They're reunited. Yes. Ah. Wow, that took us way too long to get there. How did we miss this? How did we miss this storyline? Davis, Alex Smith reunited. Oh, my God. We've got one of, our early, one of our early season narratives. <sighs> Alex Let's Smith. Let's go. Vernon Davis. Here's the narrative. Yes. They're comfortable. They've worked together. They know each other. You know? So look for Vernon Davis right. to get a lot of early yeah. targets yeah. as you know? Alex Smith works into the offense. You know, Jordan Reed's already hurt. You know oh what I mean? God. He's missing so, OTAs. There it is. It's happening, baby. I can't wait to, Vernon, it's happening, I can't baby. Wait to use my last pick in so many drafts <laughs> Vernon on Davis. Vernon Davis. Vernon Davis. Late, late round steal that you, trade yes. after, that you trade after week three once Alex Smith gets you know more I mean? comfortable with everybody else. Because well, Jordan, Jordan Reed's out. You pick up <laughs> Vernon Davis. He starts running train. Then you flip him, and then you're, you're good. You're coast. There you go. We just told you all how to win your league. Oh, my God. You're well. Like like Zlatan would say, you're, you're welcome. welcome. You're welcome. There you go. <laughs> Robbie Anderson had the felony charges dropped from his case. That's good for him. Still faces a number of misdemeanor counts, though. Uh, it looks like serious jail time might be off the table for now for Robbie Anderson. How the league responds uh, is yet to be seen, but I would imagine um, Robbie Anderson, from a fantasy perspective, you could probably take him off the radar. I, I, I got to imagine some kind of suspension. Uh, will be coming down his way. You know who to to circle though uh, is Jermaine Curse. Could be a, especially if Anderson suspended for a couple games early sure. on. Curse had some decent play last year, and as like a super late round guy or somebody to pick up off the waivers. Um, I mean, we're obviously months and months away from drafts, right, but right, right, just right. don't don't forget about Jermaine Curse. We got a little bit on our Never Jets bandwagon last year, <laughs> and there turned out to be there turned out to be plenty of useful players from yeah, that from yeah, that Jets yeah, offense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Jermaine Curse is certainly somebody who uh, found some success there, and especially if just through the war of attrition is uh, the number one option there. Don't don't forget about him. All right, RG3 back in the league. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens announcing that they signed RG3, Robert Griffin III, to a one-year deal to back up Joe Flacco. Not fantasy relevant, but... Worth noting. Worth noting. Interesting note to see RG3 back in the league, so there you go. All right, how about the Cleveland Browns? They completed their future championship roster by signing a wide receiver. Book it. That is likely to break out for 1,500 yards and 15 touchdowns. It's happening, folks. They signed wide receiver Jeff Janice. <laughs> I mean, really, this is a special teams move. <clears throat> yeah, I just know that you know. But well, I figured Alex Kelhar coming back onto the podcast might as well get it in. Got to get a little hey, Janice talk. Get a little Janice talk in. You Fan know? boys across America's Dairyland are heartbroken right now. That's right. <laughs> That's right. You know, he's not. Uh, he's not with the Packers now. He's with the. Cleveland Browns. Still, cra- still crazy that Jeff Janis is a co-author of one of the best plays in the last like, <laughs> ten, 10 years of the NFL playoffs. Amazing. Uh, remember earlier this offseason when you know the Browns made all these moves? I was like, man, the Browns are really going for it. And then the Rams are like, hold my beer. Hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we go to the phones. We welcome in Steve Clarkson, noted quarterbacks coach. He's the quarterbacks coach that has worked one-on-one with a number of of notable quarterbacks, including Big Ben, Ben Roethlisberger, Deshaun Watson, Matt Barkley, Jake Locker, Brett Hundley. The list goes on and on and on. Mr. Clarkson, you are a staple here in Southern California football. We welcome you into the program. How you doing, man? I'm doing just fine. Thanks for having me on. 
Hey, listen, you worked briefly with Josh Rosen. Um, there's been so many stories about his character, about you know how he kind of uh, attacks playbooks and, and maybe challenges coaches and staff. And what was he like to work with in your um, in your short time together? Uh, number one, uh, Josh is really he is who he is. But the one thing I can tell you more than anything else, he loves the game of football. Yeah, I keep hearing this rhetoric about you know is the game important to him or. Is he too smart for his own good? And I've, I've found him to be very pleasant to be around. Um, and he's a guy that, that is willing to learn. He puts the time in. And, and quite frankly, like I said, I spent some time with him. It's been limited. But the time that I spent with him, um, he's been nothing but basically a dream to work with. Um, he's from Manhattan Beach. Obviously, you work very closely with a lot of quarterbacks from the Southern California area and really nationwide. But, again, you're a staple here in SoCal. Um, I know you've been following Rosen for a bit. I mean, it's hard not to. Went to UCLA, was a big name here. Um, what have you seen from him mechanically maybe that has improved uh, during his you know college tenure? Well, that's the thing. I, you know, a lot of people get caught up in mechanics, and his mechanics are, 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 are really refined from the get-go. I mean, he was a kid that, you know, back in St. John Bosco, really he was back to him playing in the snoop leagues. Uh, there wasn't anything that you ever had to tweak with him. He just had a natural throwing motion. And, you know, in the game, you know, especially when you're evaluating quarterbacks, it's about imitation, not innovation. People are always looking, you know, to have you be, you know, who does he compare to? And I've heard the Drew Brees comparisons, but I actually think that he compares favorably uh, to a former UCLA player, number one pick, Troy Aikman. Uh, same uh, type of uh, throwing motion, uh, very, very tough, uh, great anticipation, uh, great pocket awareness. I mean, you know, Troy was athletic, but he's not a guy who's going to take off down the field. That's just like Josh. I mean, he's a, he's a lot more athletic than he gets credit for, uh, but his demeanor is very much like Troy Aikman. Uh, you know, Steve, when you work with guys, I mean, people look at that, you know, the combine or pro days and everybody has their opinion on how much or little these things matter in the overall scheme of things. But when you work with a guy, what are some of the things you're, you're telling him to work on or to look out for knowing, you know, what the evaluators might be looking for? Well, the biggest thing is just to go back and analyze, you know, what you've done over the years, because basically that's what you're really going to get graded on. And I think, uh, you know, I watch a lot of these workouts now and, uh, you know, there's, you know, 70, 70 throws, 75 throws. And, and really, scouts just wanted to be about, look, here's what he did. What, how does he compare to what we want him to do? And it's, it's really a fine line. It's really more or less what you really are trying to do with these workouts. It's, it's, it's not so much as a game as it is a performance. It's almost like mm-hmm. a play, so to speak. And you study a script, and then you go out there and you perform the script. Um, but when you're doing an individual workout, uh, meaning a team comes in and they work you out, they basically are, are going to throw everything at you and they want to see, you know, how you handle, uh, you know, the hot water, cold water, whatever you want to call it, because they want to catch you off guard. And so what I try to tell most of these guys is to try to analyze who may be looking for a quarterback in the draft and make sure in your workout that you're, you're, you uh, implement things that you see those teams running so that when you get get that call and you want that private workout, you have at least a basic understanding, a foundation to work with uh, so that you can be successful. Hey, you! I know that you also worked a bit with um, 
uh, Deshaun Watson. In in a big part of what you do there uh, with your quarterback camps is not only working with guys on the field, but kind of what we're talking about now, off the field stuff as well. Um, I know you've been a big proponent of Deshaun Watson. Again, what was he kind of uh, like to work with, you know, off the field? I know he's been a, a, you know, a lot of folks have said he's a pretty high character guy. Well, I never really worked with Deshaun. Deshaun uh, uh, came and worked my camps, uh, the quarterback retreat that I'd run every May. Right. Um, but I've analyzed him greatly. And the thing that, that you look for that you can't really teach is he has that it factor. There's yeah. something about him that just conveys confidence, not arrogance, but like, you know, it's going to be okay. No matter what's on the other side of that line of scrimmage, we're going to be able to handle it because my man here, he's equipped to handle anything that you throw at him. And I think that's the thing that you, you really look for. Sometimes, you know, the, the tape doesn't always tell you what you need to know. Uh, you get that when you meet the man in person and you mm-hmm. see how uh, people gravitate to him, how he interacts with people. You know, how he handles, you know, adversity. You can't necessarily see that on the tape, but you see it in person. Um, so we talk about Rosen. On the other side, there was Sam Darnold playing at USC. Uh, I, I don't know if you've ever had a chance to, to meet with him or work with him, but um, I, when you see Sam Darnold play, and obviously interceptions and turnovers have been a big, uh, you know, critical point for, uh, for Sam there, but what do you see from a game tape standpoint regarding Darnold? Well, the thing that, that you see most in, that you're most impressed with is he's still relatively young. Uh, people don't realize he hadn't played quarterback all that long. Um, I think he, he spent some of his earlier uh, youth years playing linebacker. And, huh. um, yeah, so when I see him, he reminds me a lot of which uh, – he reminds me greatly of, of Carson Wentz. I mean, he has that kind of you know, sneaky elusiveness. Uh, he, he can throw the ball from a variety of angles. Um, what I love about him is he doesn't seem to get rattled one way or another. I mean, so, you know, he's, he's never too high, never too low. He's very even keel. Uh, again, he has that something that you just don't really teach. Uh, he has this innate ability to just kind of turn uh, uh, nothing into something. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it gets you into trouble, but, you know, with, with great players, that will tend to happen when you're always competing. And that's, uh, you know, Sam is, is, is a picture of that. Uh, one of the guys uh, we haven't talked about yet is Baker Mayfield, and I wanted to go back. You mentioned with Deshaun Watson, he just kind of had that it factor, and I felt that was I, – I never met with him, but I felt that was uh, pretty evident when he was coming out of the draft last year. And I feel like Baker maybe might have a little bit of that as well, despite his some of his flaws. He, you know, he walked on to two different universities. Some of the stories we're hearing is that he's got that magnetic personality. Have you heard anything similar? Is there anything that you've watched uh, from his game tape that might uh, speak towards that kind of that character he has on the field and being being a leader and having that it factor? Well, he's kind of a combination of a couple of people. Um, you know, when I watch him on the field, I mean, the first thing that you you look at, he's very fiery, very competitive. He's a winner. I mean, to think about walking on at two different uh, schools and then coming to, you know, taking that, those obstacles and, and, and putting himself in a position where he's at today speaks volumes to his character and his love of the game. I mean, I, I get the sense that Baker's that kind of kid that you grew up with. And, you know, if it were thundering out there and, you know, the weather conditions were the absolute worst or everybody would want to be crawled up inside with a blanket, he'd, he'd be that kid saying, let's go outside and play. <laughs> he seems to be that guy. Right. And I think that's what makes him so unique. Um, you know, people have tried to compare him to Drew Brees, too, and, and I don't think he has that because I don't think he passes within the pocket as right. well as Drew. Um, but I, I do believe that, that he is creative. 
I do believe that uh, you know his his arm is much stronger. Another comparison he gets is Johnny Manziel. Uh, I think that's maybe not as fair. I think people kind of see you know some of the antics that he's done on the field and kind of you know uh, correlate that to Johnny, but I don't think that's the case. I think it's a, a completely different competitor. Uh, his arm is much stronger. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when I look at when I look at him and how he plays, I, I think that he has a very unique you know style to him. You know, there's only three, a couple guys that I can. Uh, when I, I mentioned earlier, imitation on innovation. There are only a few quarterbacks that come to mind where they were the first of something. The first was Joe Namath. There wasn't another Joe Namath when he came out. Um, when uh, uh, in what way? John Elway. Well, you just never saw a quarterback that was that charismatic and yeah. had the throwing motion and just had the, you know, that that something special about him that sizzle, you know, yep. um, you you ever saw that before? Uh, you know, probably the next one was John Elway. There was no other player that you compared him to. You know, he was, you know, the first. That scrambling and, and the big arm. Yeah, big arm and just the way he played and his his release picture perfect. Everything about him was yeah. just. Wow, you know, it was breathtaking. Uh, the next one was Mike Vick. Yeah. And, there you, you know, go. there wasn't another Mike Vick. And I'm just wondering, in a lot of ways, are we going to be saying the same thing about Baker Mayfield? Is mm. he that next guy that just, you know, there is no other comparison. He's just the first Baker Mayfield. Interesting. Hey, listen, uh, you talk about Mike Vick. There's been a quarterback in this class compared to Mike Vick, and that's Lamar Jackson. He's completely declined to run the 40, which I I find to be curious, and I I think a lot of folks found that to be a little bit puzzling as well. But I love that we got you on the horn, Steve Clarkson, because I know that you can empathize with something like this. (laughs) Well, actually give him a little bit of credit for this, because here's the thing. You know, it's that old adage in the courtroom, you're the lawyer, if you don't know the answer, don't ask the question. There you go. We know he's extremely fast, right? Uh, how fast? Yeah, we know he's fast enough. They, they, I don't <laughs> see any footage. I don't see any footage of him getting caught from behind or anything like that. Yeah. But if he if he runs a four two nine or something in that category, uh, it was kind of like, well, we expected it. Yeah. If he runs a four four and above, eh, I get what he's you're not saying. as fast as we thought. So where's the win, right? So I, I, I kind of get that. So he's saying to people, look, uh, I'm not going to get caught up in the speed thing. I know I'm athletic. You know I'm athletic. That's why we're, that's why we're here. And the, right. and the comparisons to Mike Vick are favorable. Uh, but Mike Vick was a bona fide 4-2 and change in the 40. Yep. Right? Um, so just compare me to Mike. I'll take it. <laughs> I don't need to do anything else for you. So let's let's go on to the next subject. Now, the reason I bring it up with you especially is because, and again, the reason I say that you can empathize is that you're a quarterback out of you're a quarterback out of San Jose State, uh, highly productive there. Um, you came out in an era where, <clears throat> again, black quarterbacks um, had a tough go of it, man, um, and you declined to run the forty as well. Well, you know, it was one of those things where I, I actually didn't decline. I just ran it slower uh, than, than I should have. <laughs> okay. And I did that because I had teams that were looking at, at me at playing safety. And yeah. actually the 49ers, for one, uh, wanted me to play safety. And I was like, <laughs> I'm not playing safety. Are you kidding? I Contact was the last thing I wanted to have. <laughs> so, you know, I made sure that, you know, I, I ran a, a high 4-8. Uh, but, 
you know, look, it was a different time. I mean, yeah. now it's, it's, you know, I look at it and I can, I can, I, I wish I probably would have taken a different approach because at the end of the day, just playing probably would have meant a lot more, but yeah, I, I like what I'm doing now. I have the opportunity to influence a lot of uh, lives out here doing what I'm doing and, and being able to talk to you about other players and yep. what their prospects can be. Um, you know, those are things that I certainly enjoy and, and uh, I can't wait for the draft and see how this all uh, plays out. Hey, man, can you give us your story real quick? Because I, I know a lot of folks don't necessarily know your background a little bit, but you you played quarterback at San Jose State, again, highly productive. You signed for a hot second with uh, the Broncos, then went to the CFL. Okay, then what? Well, I, I, I played two years in the CFL, and uh, it was actually a, a quite a, a, an enjoying experience. It was a little different. Uh, uh, where I I played for Jack Elway uh, to back up the San Jose State. So that was John's father. I've known John since I was in the seventh grade. Interesting. Um, and it was really it was it was just a different time. Uh, Ed Luther was the quarterback before me, and he was the n- number one pick of the San Diego Chargers in uh, 1980, uh, which was their first pick of the second round. They didn't have a first round pick. And, you know, he played for, for Jack Elway his last year. And I had had the opportunity to to, uh, to take over for Ed, and we were called the Pac-10. At that time, we were the, the Pac-10 killers. Um, and we, you know, I'd beaten John Elway two out of three years. We'd beaten Cal, and we beat a, a, a number four in the rank Arizona State team. So we had a chance to really do some things. That's and, amazing. Um, I, I broke all of the San Jose State passing records, and then when it came time to get drafted, I wasn't drafted. Yeah. Back in those days, ESPN had just started covering the draft. Uh, the draft was 12 rounds. It was all on the same day, and basically Jeez. the draft was off air after yeah. the third round. And in that particular year, I was uh, on Mel Kuyper's board, and a guy by the name of Dr. Z from Sports Illustrated. I was like the seventh or eighth best quarterback in the draft. And if you recall, 1983, the oh, NFL's greatest draft of all time. That's right. There were six quarterbacks that went in the first round, yeah. and Marino barely made it. <laughs> and uh, I remember, you know, right. right before they went out the air, Mel Kiefer was going, and he says, why well, have Steve Clarkson as my next quarterback? And I'm thinking, you know, of course, this is long before cell phones and things of that nature. Yeah. And people kept calling my house, and I kept thinking <laughs> it was an NFL team, and it was people saying, well, where'd you go? Well, air. <laughs> So you can imagine yeah. uh, the stress level that I had, and it was it was tough. It was a game I grew up loving uh, to death, and yeah. I wasn't drafted, and I had to answer the question. And first thing that that came to mind was, you know, did you not get drafted because you were black? Yeah. Well, certainly I, I felt that way. I didn't convey that because I refused to think of that. Mm. But ultimately, what it also did was it actually helped me to get through the process because I felt like. There, I couldn't get into the league for this reason, and there was nothing I could do. Yeah. So why cry about it? I still love the game. I still think I can contribute to the game. Um, I went on to you know uh, go to the uh, Denver Broncos training camp. When I went there, John Elway was at uh, an Indianapolis Colts. So when I chose Denver, I went there thinking I have a pretty good chance to you know make the team. And lo and behold, oh, about four oh, days later, Elway. Uh, <laughs> John Elway shows up. In Denver. And, uh, you know, so that was yeah. pretty traumatic, but at least I kind of knew the score. So it wasn't like, you know, I went into <laughs> camp thinking, yeah. uh, well, I really had a good shot. My my opportunity was just play as well as I can, stay as long as you can, 
and then get picked up by somebody else. But I always just felt like I didn't want to be that guy that just chased, you know, opportunity after opportunity. I, see I what felt you're like, you know, I just wanted to play. And if I played, if it was meant to be, it was meant to be. If not, move on and do something else. So fortunately for me, I didn't, you know, get caught up in the trap that I had to play it. Uh, like I said, I, I enjoy what I'm doing now, and I enjoy that I still have an effect on the game. And every time I watch games on Saturdays and Sundays, I, I can see yeah. some part of me on the field, and that's not so bad. There you go. Steve Clarkson, noted quarterbacks coach, joining us here on the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Hey, real quick, Steve, is, is it true that you basically went to the CFL and then you were working at a restaurant before you got into <laughs> private quarterback coaching? Yeah, I was is a that true? Manager, yes, it's true. I was a district manager for Black Angus Restaurant. <laughs> I had like wow. eighteen stores that I represented. That's awesome, man. And uh, you know, the greatest thing was back then they had a. Uh, it was called a management card, Black Angus Management Co. And it was a card that was. Yeah, you, know, you got to remember this is nineteen eighty four. Yeah. And every year they would load up my card. It was seventy five thousand dollars worth of credit. Whoa. So that I could go to any one of my stores and essentially, you know, eat for free or treat whoever I wanted to treat. So you can imagine I was a pretty popular guy. <laughs> <laughs> back great, in those man. days, the Black Angus was actually a half restaurant, half nightclub. So oh, you know, on certain nights, yeah. It Come was, on. It was, it was, Let's it go. Was, it, 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 exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so it wasn't, wasn't too bad. But, yeah, I had, um, I had actually gotten contact by um, – a guy by the name of Danny Klein. His okay. son was Perry Klein, and they were come from a family of gymnasts. And uh, they had gotten my name from my aunt, who thought I might enjoy coaching. And uh, so the, the dad, Danny, called me up and asked me to, um, you know, if I wanted to coach this this Pop Warner team. I said, No, I'm working like 80 hours a week at Blind Kangas. And he says, Well, aren't you the same guy that played at San Jose State? I said, Yeah. He says, Well, my son and I used to watch the Elway versus Elway games. Huh. And uh, so we're very familiar with you. And, you know, just wanted to know if there was any opportunity. Uh, my son has never played quarterback. Uh, the football coach recruited him, and he would love – I'd love for you to give him some lessons. I'll pay for your time or what have you, and, um, you know, whenever you're in town. And I said, well, yeah, I'll, you know, I want to charge you, but I'll, next time I'm in Santa Monica, that's where you lived, yeah. I'll give you a call. <laughs> a couple weeks later, I had the opportunity to meet him. And uh, the, fir- the first thing I remember was in watching him, he looked identical to Sean Penn, the actor. <laughs> that was the first thing that struck me, and I said, wow. Um, you know, I took him on the field, oh, and we, we did a few things, but you know, he didn't really do anything that caught my eye. just kind of gave him a few lessons, what have you, and I really okay. didn't know what I was doing either. I mean, yeah. you know, funny, you play quarterback, but trying to teach quarterback play is completely different than, than most people would think. But I had a marketing background, and I remember uh, when I said, hey, well, good luck to you, keep in touch, blah, blah, blah. As I'm leaving, something uh, made me look back before I got in the car. And I turned back, and he had uh, put the football down, Perry, yeah. and he started yeah. doing these backflips and cart- cartwheels, and every time he would do one of these flips, he'd land in a pinpoint perfect uh, 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 landing. And I remember closing the door back, and I went back to him, and I said, do another one. And he would do something. And then I said, do another one. And every time I would say do another one, he would add something to it. <laughs> and a light, a light bulb went in my head, and I said, if I can teach this guy to play quarterback, 
and he threw a touchdown. Every time he threw a touchdown, he did one of these crazy flips. <laughs> we could be famous. <laughs> and that's exactly how the quarterback guru started. And this was uh, you great, know, back man. in the 1986. That's lovely, man. I love it. Hey, it's a great story. And, again, it was great catching up with you. It's been a long time since you and I have chatted, but uh, it's great to get you on, man. I appreciate the time. Well, I appreciate you having me. I'm like, I can't wait for the draft to see how this uh, unfolds. This is really probably one of the more exciting years I've ever seen for yeah, the draft. Man. Yeah, you and me both. You and everybody. So there you go. Steve Clarkson, no to quarterbacks coach. Follow him on Twitter as well. Steve, thanks for the time, man. Appreciate it. Take care, guys. Lots to digest there from Steve. Clarkson, no doubt. Uh, well, first comparisons off, between Rosen and, and, and Aikman. First off, let's get into this whole Black Angus used to be a knife. <laughs> <laughs> That's breaking news, right? I mean, you can get a steak and get your boogie on too. Like, now hold up, like he had near damn near a hundred thousand dollars worth of credits <laughs> at Black Angus. At Black Angus it in nineteen eighty-five, do some damage. Oh my! <laughs> That's Come. a lot of steaks. That's a lot of steaks. Oh man! Come on now. Loaded baked potatoes. You know man. what I'm saying? All of it. Come on. <laughs> Let's get it. But, yeah, no, we're comparing Rosen to Aikman, uh, comparing Sam Darnold. Uh, to Wentz. To Wentz. Ba- Mayfield might it. be the first of his kind That's, at quarterback. I felt like that was a pretty bold statement, that too. That was a big statement. It's interesting. I mean, he's naming, listing off a couple Don't of guys. Don't put Baker in a corner. You know what I'm saying? Man. Uh, what would you guys think of uh, of some of the comparisons that, that he had brought up, though? Um, the, the Wentz one for Darnold. It surprised me a little bit, but then it, it made me think, and I, I think we've talked about it on this podcast, the, the Bucky Brooks analogy of you know, Josh Rosen, using a basketball term, Josh Rosen is a shooter, Sam Donald is a scorer. Mm. And I feel that way about Carson Wentz. Like, you know, not everything he does is pretty. I mean, he has a lot of really nice things and makes some great throws. Not everything he does is pretty, but he finds a way to make plays, and he finds a way to put points on the board. And I think Sam Donald is sort of that guy in that way, too, where a lot of things he does looks awkward, and he'll make some throws, or he'll fumble some balls, and he'll have you scratching your head, and then he'll make a throw that just you know, drops your jaw. And, and I do think that that is, in that way at least, the comparison is kind of apt. Scrappy on the ground, too. And that's kind of what I liked about the comparison, too, right, is that, you know, Carson was not – Carson Wentz is not necessarily, uh, you know, the, 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 the quickest or, or the most, you know, lateral guy. Neither is Darnold. But, I, I mean, it's funny that he brought up the fact that he had played a little bit of linebacker in high school because you can kind of sort of see that when he gets out and running. You know what I mean? He starts running, dropping those shoulders. You're like, get down, get down, get down. <laughs> He don't want to get down. <laughs> That's Sam Darnold right there for you. So I can kind of see that a little bit. But, yeah, man, it's an interesting story that Steve Clarkson um, has because, again, most folks, of course, know him as a quarterback's coach. Uh, oh, by the way, he's also, you know, worked with uh, – who's that kid from Alabama that came in? Um, oh, the the young kid that Tua, came in the championship? Oh, yeah, Tua. Yeah. Tiga, Tiva, Tiva, Tua. Yeah, Tua. Tua. <laughs> Uh, I th- also I I totally agree with him with the Lamar Jackson uh, not running the forty thing. I think so much has been overblown about right. him and not no, having agent right. stuff. And the case with him not running the forty is he basically only has anything to lose. You're like right. it's that, just that confirming like true. you don't need him to run the forty to know that he's blowing by safeties on seventy five yeah. yard touchdown runs. Yeah, like you're right. what is what does he gain? I guess I guess my the only counter argument would be that you can get you can get some serious buzz 
if you if you throw down a hard forty, you know what I mean? Yeah, but then like he said, what if he what if he stumbles? What if what if there's a wind blowing into him and he runs a four five forty instead or something <laughs> like that? Then everybody's gonna be like, mm, yeah. this kid we want to be a wide receiver. Now he's not even that fast. Can't take him in the first round because he's you know he's not as athletic as we thought. Yeah, no, I, uh, that that part I didn't think about, and I think that does make a whole hell of a lot of sense. So yeah, but it's it's interesting, right? That um, that Steve himself, you know. Um, Decided to run the forty, but ran it slow on purpose <laughs> because he didn't want to. Never play heard another position. It was just kind of amazing. I've never heard of anybody sandbagging the forty, but um, I, I do think one of the things about Lamar Jackson is he has, and, and I feel like we get one or two of these guys every year who very much try to control the draft process outside of the norm. And uh, I know that 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 doesn't sit well with classic football guy. True, uh, it does not sit well with classic NFL guy. But you know. Obviously, he has come into this. He and, and his mom working together in this thing have come in this adamant that he's going to be a quarterback and adamant that he's going to do it his way. And, you know, there will be talk about whether you know, what he's doing is right or wrong, if he's making yeah. a mistake. But at the end of the day, uh, one, it's, it's going to be his way that he gets drafted. And two, mm-hmm. it goes back to tape. I mean, we, you know, you guys were saying we've seen this guy play. We know what he can do. How much different is it going to be because he didn't, you know, run in shorts? So I think, uh, and I have been critical uh, of him, you know, representing himself through this process, mostly because um, I think he could be, if he had, you know, big CAA representation, IMG representation, or whatever it might be, I think we're talking about a guy that could have drummed up enough interest to be a top three pick. Now, that being said, that's such a short process, right? Um if he ends up going in the first round, which it sounds like he will, if he ends up going somewhere in the first round, then uh, who cares? I really don't know that an agent that, would have pushed him into the top three, uh, honestly. Man, uh, as Marcus, big as Marcus arm, said too. Uh, you know, a lot of these a lot of these quarterbacks again have flaws as we've talked about, and certainly Lamar's got some as well. But man, uh, just that athleticism and that arm, it just would have. I think it would have propelled him. But yeah, top top three? Nah, not with the bunch of the the tall white statues we have uh, <laughs> that fit the archetype of football guys' dream quarterback. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it, it's it's if he does go in the first round, hey, it's all good because I think he's going to end up with a better team, obviously, mm-hmm. um, and it could be a better fit. There's uh, some there's some great spots he could land at later in the first round, even like a Miami or you know put him with Adam Gase, and they've sure. got some weapons: Kenyon Drake, Kenny Stills, Devontae Parker. Like, sure. You know, there's some rumors. I mean, they just signed RG3, but the Ravens could be after another quarterback. Or... Yeah, it's, I mean, it's cra- I mean, it's crazy because we're also entering a period. I mean, let's say the Chargers wanted to go quarterback. It's not a terrible idea. I'm Phillip Rivers getting up there. Let's say the Saints wanted to go quarterback. Again, not not a terrible idea. You know, if Lamar Jackson's got to develop into an actual NFL quarterback, who the hell do you want him learning from? You know what I mean? Drew Brees, let's go. You know what I mean? So it's, again, not not saying that there's any rumors of, of those type of things. But that being said, crazy things happen in the draft. Yeah, that they do. It's going to be a fun one to watch, that's for sure. It steps, 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 steps. Now we're talking no, about no. dog bites and <laughs> dipping. Steps, 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 steps. You know, if you like creepy rabbits, uh, this movie's for you. What kind of degenerate are you? Godzilla is down there. This is why I love this group of guys. We're like, ah, whirlwind, there it goes, boom. Daily dap time. I have to say, I'm not, since I'm not quite used to the drops yet, like when it starts with like dap dap, I'm like, oh yeah, I yeah. still think it's you like, still like <laughs> talking. Well, uh, no, but here's the thing, because we did the manual drops uh, for so long. Too long. <laughs> uh, yes. yes. 
<laughs> uh, we really could actually, we really could have done that uh, six, eight months ago. But, uh, <laughs> but we also didn't have no, a stable whatever. producer. We were going through some transitions. Now we got true, true, here true, to help, true, to help true, balance true. the ship. We're trying that to, is true. Trying to find ourselves. <sighs> she right. brought balance to the force. Yeah, yeah. Now, now you have me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Had a baby. Uh, but no, uh, I just figured since we did the manual drops for so long, and it became part of the the the, the fabric of our podcast, that uh, try to maintain some of that. I appreciate that in the uh, in the new drops. The actual they at least just have some music in continuity. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, what the hell. It's uh, And, again, uh, a franchise is uh, living on in this drop as well. So there you go. All right, let's start Daily Dap Time. Alex Gelhar, what do you got? I mean, my God, son, it's been a month. It's been, it's <laughs> been Come a, on. It's been a long time. I'll have to, I'll have to get a couple in here. Yes. Uh, let's see. Actually, I think I'm going to go with four. I'll, I'll Ooh, yeah. four. I've been here in a while. i got this, a lot of stuff go. to that. This is ranky in Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> True. I'm going to go much faster than rank. <laughs> No. Uh, first one, I'm going to dap an indie game uh, my friend told me about, and I, I got it on Steam. It's called Into the Breach. It's uh, like a real-time strategy, one of those grid-based ones, you know, like the like a lot of the old-school uh, tactics games. However, what's interesting about this one is that you know what the enemy's going to do ahead of time every, every round. Like, it'll show you where they're going to go. So you have to try and, like, manipulate your guys around the board to combat that. But it's a really brutal game because if you make a mistake, you're just – Toast. Got it. So it's it's an interesting element of strategy. I'd I'd give it a shot. It's only like fifteen bucks if you're if you're into those type of games. Okay. Uh, into the breach. Uh, it's from the makers of Faster Than Light. I think is what uh, their earlier game was. Um, <laughs> also going to daily adapt the show Brooklyn Nine Nine. You've probably seen me tweeting about it if you follow me on there. I've had a bunch of people tell me to watch it. Finally got into it a couple weeks ago. Now I'm like three seasons deep. Uh, it's hilarious. Really well written. Great cast of characters. Uh, it's on Hulu, so can't recommend that enough going to daily dap a movie obviously while i'm here obviously uh went to see love simon about like a week ago i think uh also like an indie movie uh, from greg berlanti who you might recognize he's uh, one of the main showrunners and executive producers on uh flash and arrow on tv and he's done a, a number of tv shows but this is the movie about a um young gay boy in high school coming to grips with his sexuality and trying to come out to his family and everybody like that and it's just a really touching story and it's really well told and it's got a great young cast and uh jennifer garner and josh duhamel play his parents and they're fantastic but i would recommend you go see it i think it's a really good movie this time of year um we because we're getting into all of the blockbuster fare yeah so go check that out if you can while it's in uh if it's in your theater uh, near you and then the last daily dap here we go has to go to el trafico what's Woo! el trafico el trafico is uh the first uh game now it's going to be the the rivalry forever between the la galaxy and lafc in mls it's a riff on El Clasico. Yes, with the uh, traffic. With right. the traffic yes. for Los Angeles. <laughs> so it was the first one ever right. this past weekend. Um, I went, and it was a big game. There were big stakes because uh, LAFC had been playing uh, better. They've come in on a hot streak, scoring a lot of goals. The Galaxy were injured. Uh, the Galaxy were hosting their home stadium, and it was probably like it was a sold-out crowd at StubHub Center. I think uh, probably like 60-40 Galaxy to LAFC fans. They turned out in numbers because it's the first time their stadium isn't done yet. So it's the first time – LAFC fans were able to see their team in Los Angeles. So first game of the rivalry, huge stakes, and the Galaxy, as we mentioned, had just signed Zlatan Ibrahimovic, uh, 36 years old, coming off a major injury last year. He'd only played, I think, 187 total minutes since last November because he's old and coming off this injury. So weren't sure if we were going to see him. We're hoping it. Uh, needed it for bragging rights, the first one of the thing. So we're there. Galaxy go down 2-0 to zero before halftime. Then 60th minute. They score an own goal. 
So they're down three to zero. I'm like, I'm there with my buddy. I'm like, this is my worst night. This is our worst nightmare. Yeah. This is a disaster. Like we came here, they're gonna beat the crap out of us in our own house. Okay. Terrible. Galaxy get one back. Cloud starts chanting, "We want Slotten." You see, he's warming up on the sideline. He, oh, he wasn't in the game. He yet. wasn't no, in the he game. Didn't yet. No, 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 he didn't. Oh, he he only came start. in in the 71st minute. So he finally comes in. Immediately, his presence is felt because he's such a dynamic player. Draw some defense, Galaxy score header. Now it's 2-3. Momentum's changing. Sure. Then he scores, like, one of the goals of the year. It's just, just a half volley yeah. from, like, 45 yards out. Like, I mean, this is the kind of goal that even people in Europe are like, damn. <laughs> uh, so that ties at 3-3, and then he scores the winner in stoppage oh, time does on it? a header. Yep. On oh, a, yes. Wow. So his first game with the Galaxy. Oh, wow. And what's also awesome, uh, why I want a daily depth and spending Wait, some time on two goals in Two like goals in his minutes? debut in 20 minutes yep. to complete a uh, comeback victory, which uh, in MLS history is only the second time any team has ever come back from a 3-0 deficit to win. That's amazing. So his first game, and also the stakes just for the MLS, I thought it was really cool because this game was on Big Fox, not FS1, not FS2, yeah, yeah, yeah. not ESPN8, the Ocho. It was on <laughs> Fox. So it's a huge rivalry. You've got the first debut of this big player. It turned. It was like an all-time MLS game, just a phenomenally entertaining oh, game. Classic. And all the goals were great. I mean, aside from aside from the own goal, right. which was <laughs> spectacularly sad, like all the rest of the goals, you had great headers, you had great shots, you had some one-timers. Uh, it was just a phenomenal experience. It was honestly like one of the best sporting okay. events I've ever been to. Like just – atmosphere, stakes, the entire game, the way it played out itself. So, staps so, to that. If you haven't watched it, I'm sure they're replaying it a bunch or just look it up, but <clears throat> it was an amazing game start to finish. The narratives, the delivery, everything, just incredible. So, here's my question. Um, does LAFC now have to wear 3-0 like the Falcons wear? <laughs> oh. Is that what they ha- – do they have to wear that now for the rest of eternity? Well, they, they may. I mean, it wasn't a playoff game. No, I see. And that was the thing. It was the first time these two teams had ever met. So, like, it is a rivalry geographically, and it's going to be a big rivalry between uh-huh. the two teams. Yeah. But there is no history yet. So, also, for the fact that the rivalry starts pretty good with start. blowing a 3-0 lead. <laughs> pretty good start. It is, pre- is pretty epic. And the best part was, too, in the post-game interview, Zlatan said uh, they asked for Zlatan, and I gave them Zlatan. <laughs> like, he speaks in the third person all the time. And it's just the, the man was incredible. But his his first goal, seriously, James, if you haven't seen it, we'll pull it up after the podcast. It, it is incredible. But I haven't, seen, I haven't seen it yet. But, but uh, yeah, I will. I so, will yeah, Daily Daps to El Trafico, if you haven't watched it, just Google it, or at least just watch the highlights. They don't quite do it justice, but you can hear how loud. I mean, it's only a 27-person stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That place was loud. Okay. I mean, it's awesome. Sure, l- louder than any Chargers game. <laughs> See, I was I was gonna go. Uh, I was gonna leave it. Yeah, alone. we weren't gonna. I was. I wouldn't say that, but <laughs> was, but yeah, I was gonna leave it alone. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, probably the case. Okay, uh, MG, my got Marcus Grant. What do you got? Uh, I guess <sighs> saying DAP is sort of. I, I don't know if it's the the proper word, but you want to talk about something? I do want to talk about something. Okay, what you got? So today is the is the fiftieth anniversary of the assassination of Martin Luther King. Ah. Um, obviously a a major moment in in American history in yep. kind of world history um and so I would just recommend going back and reading some of his some of his you know his writings stuff like that uh you know i I strongly recommend letter from a Birmingham jail it's one of the best uh, it is one of the best and it's just worth it is worth going back and reading and reading obviously in the context of 2018 and how much uh it still applies a lot of these things still apply a lot of these things are still are still you know issues in american life and american society and also just remembering the fact that for as much as he is beloved now uh that wasn't the case 
50 years ago um, that, that folks didn't love MLK the way they do now. That's so, um, you know, I, I, yeah. controversial figure. Sure. Yeah, without a doubt. So, I mean, it's just it's a, a day, I think, kind of a reflection, a day, I think, where we can all try to be better people. I know it's, you know, hopefully for most of us, that is the goal every day. But uh, that's it. Just kind of, you know, take some opportunity to, to yeah. go and read and, uh, you know, I think try, to, try to be better. I like it. I'll give a daily dap out to the show Homeland on Showtime. That show's still on? Really? It is still on. Does Harry <laughs> Matheson still have a job? I don't know. Well, the bottom line is, I so I just started season one maybe like a month ago. Oh, season uh, one is phenomenal. Maybe like uh, maybe like three weeks ago I started Homeland. Season one season one is incredible. Because I never had Showtime yeah. forever. And so I finally I have Showtime now, and uh, my buddy's like, dude, how have you not watched Homeland? I'm like, he's like, you have Showtime? You haven't watched Homeland? I'm like, uh, okay, I guess I'm watching Homeland. Um, so, yeah, so I started watching Homeland. I watched uh, episode one. I'm like, ooh, this is, this is going to be good. Oh, yeah. Good. So then I got my wife on Homeland. All right, so, then, so now she's watching Homeland. And, <laughs> and we were watching the show together. You know, episode by episode, and it would be like a. At first, three weeks ago, it was like, a, okay, let's, you know, we put the kid to bed, we we we, and then we, you know, cuddle up and, and watch an episode of Homeland and go to bed. <laughs> My wife has a really bad problem of binge watching things. Uh oh. But I'm not a binge watcher. I'm not that guy, right? So so <laughs> so then after a week of watching Homeland together. I find out that she's been binge watching this. Oh, so she's way ahead of you now. Work. So she's way ahead of you. She, oh my god, unbelievably far ahead. And I'm like, how are you watching the? I thought we were watching the show together. So, so wait, she was binge watching it and then coming home with you on the DL and then coming back home with you yes. and watching episodes she'd already seen and been like, yes. Oh wow. Oh yes. man, oh, how, I can't. No I can't believe that happened. Wow, what a oh, twist. It, it would be stuff like where I would go to the kitchen to go get something. To, like a snack or something, and she would pause it. And she's just like, oh, yeah, this just kind of looks like it might get interesting here. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, what? What's going on here? Anyway, so I found out that she, she had been binge-watching. Wow. I'm, I'm, I would I just, love for her to suspect something, like, I wonder if – and then, like, to tell you something super specific <laughs> that actually happens. <clears throat> but uh, so I just finished season one. She just finished season four. Okay. So oh, she, she's way ahead season, of you. Season one is incredible. I thought the show started to go downhill pretty quick after okay. that. But well, I don't know. So well, so I'll see what I you. Just, I'm curious did, to see what you think. I but. just finished season one, and again, I would, yeah, I would, uh, I would co-sign that. That episode season one was really. I good. forget if it's the second to last episode or the last episode, but I remember actually sweating watching it. <laughs> like I was just sitting on my couch watching television. Like it's like the airplane gif when he's like trying to fly it and sweat just pouring out of him. I was I, I was losing it. That, that season one is incredible, but I was disappointed with the rest of it. Okay, and then I eventually just gave up. Well, that's good. That's good to know. I won't get, to, I won't get too invested later on, so that's good. Uh, but yeah, no. So yeah, she's been sneaking in episodes, and I'm like, how can you be doing this to me? This is just not right. Anyway, she's so obsessed with the show now that now she's like, she literally told me she's like, I do need to take a break from this show because uh, she was on the freeway in traffic and there was like one of those motorcycles, you know, in California, yeah, yeah. Ride, ride in between the lines. And there was a motorcycle coming up to her and it stopped next to her car and she was legit worried for a second <laughs> that this motorcycle <laughs> was going to try to pop a bomb underneath her car. And I'm like... I'm yeah, like, you've been watching too much Homeland. Babe, you need to take a break, dude. Now, having, having now met your wife, this yeah. makes this story so <laughs> True, true. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I need to take a break. It's great. Yeah, you we, need to take a break, It's dude. great that we finally met her. Because now, now I have I'm, a face to put right, to all Right, a face you know? and a personality <laughs> right, to put to all the stories. Go. There you go. All right, there you go. Producer Christina, what do you got? 
Uh, well, last week, I think I dapped up uh, Breaking Bad. Mm. Well, so yes. I finished it. I oh, have, nice. I have now finished welcome, it. Welcome. Welcome to the crew. Um, How long did it take? It took you like two weeks. For the entire series. I feel like it took her like you know, four and a half days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, for the entire series, a few weeks. Okay. But that last. <laughs> seven <laughs> seasons you got done. No, it's five. It's five seasons. Oh, okay. I thought. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm also a binge watcher, so yeah. like I can watch episode after episode, even if they're like an hour long. Well, and I that show, off a few. that show is addicting. Like oh, I remember it is. when I first finally got into it, it was like four seasons deep, and I watched three seasons. Yeah. Oh yeah. In an abs- yeah, like that, at a the final shameful f- amount of time. The final yeah. few episodes, there was no chance I had to watch all of them at once. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Right. Once it started to pick up, I was like, I need right, to see right, the right, end. Right, I can't. Right, I can't right, go to bed right. now. I have to see what happens. <laughs> but so I finished that and was like, well, what do I do now? Uh, my friend recommended Westworld. So oh, I was like, oh, go. okay, you know, it's different. Oh, season premiere coming so, up. So, yeah, so oh, I – God, can't wait. Perfect so timing. How, how, how far are you into Westworld? Three episodes in, I started last night. Oh, so. wow. Okay. That's impressive. Yeah. That well, impressive. I mean, especially Those since first the first two episodes. episodes – The first episode's like 70 minutes. Right, and I will and I say, like, okay. as somebody who went through the first season, I don't, I don't blame the people who tapped out because – I don't either. Because it is, it is slow. It is. You know, I it think is, I like the first episode, the second through, like, Second, third, fourth episode are definitely they're trying to establish the world, and yeah, it goes. Yeah, away. it takes a while. So I mean, yeah. it, it does it, get better, but, but I, I don't picks up. I don't blame anybody who tapped out. Yeah, yeah I don't either. Not at all. Business it, picks up in the back end, but um, I will say this, man. I am. I'm worried about season two. I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not worried sure. in a bad way. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a great storyline. I think there's a lot of potential. Yeah, I, I hope I agree. they do yes. it justice. Yes, I agree. So uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. All right, so there you go. That's the show. Wait, did you just doing one dap? I was to make sure. Oh, I had four. Sorry. Like, I don't want to cut you <laughs> off if oh, you sorry. had more. So. Oh, I, I don't have any. Okay, good. Right, there we go. We're good. We'll run that music. Let's get the hell out of here. For MG, my God, Marcus Grant, the whiz kid from Wisconsin, Alan Skelhar, welcome back, bud. So good to be back. And producer Christina, I'm James Coe. We will catch you later. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrict Apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.